This is Philip Millman, and we realized that the voice quality of the recording of my voice was very off, so we apologize for that. And now to our regularly scheduled show. Welcome to the Generic Board Game Podcast. All the board game and content you could possibly want at a fraction of the price. I'm Philip Millman. And this is Vic from NaveCon, and you're very welcome this evening. Philip, what are we talking about today? I thought it would be interesting to talk about a little board gaming 101 and talk about a mechanic that you and I both love, which is worker placement. Worker placement games have been around since the early 1990s uh, with a game called Silvertron, although some people say it's not really worker placement, but it does have a worker placement component. So what is worker placement, you ask? I'm waiting, Vic. Oh, sorry. That was my cue. <laughs> Wake up. <laughs> um, yeah. What is worker placement? That sounds fascinating and the kind of thing that you and I would love. I'm glad you asked, Vic. Worker placement <laughs> is a game mechanism where players allocate a limited number of tokens or meeples or any other object to denote a worker to multiple locations that provide a defined action at that location. Now, one of the key components is, is that once a worker is in that location, other workers are blocked out from doing it. There's only one worker per location. Some games will give multiple workers per location, but you still can get blocked out. And what we thought is we would go through our top five worker placement games that we've played. Now, this is not going to include games that we haven't played. So there are two games that I own that I really want to play that are on my shelf of opportunity. The two games are Tzolkin and Tricheon. I want to play those games. Those are worker placement games I'm sure I'm going to love it. I haven't had a chance to play them yet. Vic, do you have any worker placement games you want to play that you haven't yet? Just about all of them. The, um, <laughs> if it's a game and I haven't played it, I, I, chances are I want to play or I want to have a look at it being played. I, just just on that, worker placement is is a kind of genre that I like. Some people absolutely love worker placement. I like them. I find that a worker placement game has to impress me before I... Um, I take it seriously, but there are some very, very impressive worker placement games out there. I, I agree. And so uh, I will also point out to our listeners, all four of you, that Vic and I have not talked about either's list, so we don't know who's on each list. So there might be some, there might be some overlap. Uh, there certainly wasn't any overlap in our top 10. But hey, let's give this a shot. So Vic, you want to start off with your number five? Okay, well, I'd probably kind of steal your thunder a bit here because you'd recommended this game to me a few times and it's Viticulture and with the Tuscany expansion, which I got to play recently. That's, you're down to four, right? Viticulture is a game with an unusual theme. Some of you will be familiar with it. It's where you inherit a vineyard from your mom and your pop and you need to run it as best you can along with up to four other players. It's a fantastic game. Now, I'm going to talk about Tuscany, which is the expanded version. And Tuscany is has a little bit more of the base game. The idea is you have four seasons, spring, where you are planting vines and you're building structures. You've got spring, summer, where you're harvest. Well, no, sorry. You're getting visitors to come to your place and, and, and you're trying to make a little bit of money and so on. You've got autumn, where you're harvesting and you're making wine. And then in winter, you're selling it off. And it's very much a worker placement game. There's a limited amount of spots on the board. Uh, you get in there and you grab it before somebody else. Or if, like me, you grab it to stop somebody else from getting it. Okay, 
what's your number five, Philip? So my number five is The Gallerist by Vital Lacerda. As you well know, and as our listeners well know, I'm a huge Vital Lacerda fan. I really enjoy his games. The Gallerist is probably his tightest game. It has a very interesting action where you play. You, have, you really have four or five places that you can go. You place your worker, and you actually bump out somebody else's worker who then gets the secondary action. While you don't necessarily block people in the gallerist, you certainly do put the location there and it causes somebody else to do something else. So it has this chaining effect that I find fascinating and I haven't seen in really any other board game. The gallerist thematically is you are competing art gallery owners trying to run the best gallery and trying to make the most money and trying to promote the artist that starts out at the most unknown and promote them to a Pablo Picasso level. The art is done by Ian O'Toole, who's one of my favorite artists in the board gaming uh, industry. He is a fellow Irishman of Vic, but now living somewhere in down under, I can't remember if it's Australia or New Zealand. So my number five is The Gallerist. I really enjoy it, but it it is a heavier game and it has some really clever turns on what is a worker placement game. Okay, my number four is, it is worker placement. There's a little bit more to it, but the big component of it is worker placement. That's And it gets the longest title of any game I know, which is Glendover's Age of Empires, Age of Discovery Tree, which is a really, really interesting game. You have got workers that are lining up in the docks waiting to go to the New World, which is a the normal world that Philip lives in. And as you line up your workers, you grab spots to make them captains, to make them soldiers, to make them missionaries, to make them builders and so on. So when they get to the new world, they'll have a particular role and they'll carry out a certain action. And it's all about blocking the other people. You can do stuff like you can jump on ships, bring extra ships for trading. You can jump on spots to start a fight when you get to America, which is great. So it's predetermined. But the, the the actual sizzle of it is in what you pick. And the whole game is about blocking other people. Even if you don't want the action yourself, you've got to get in there and you know go to war just to stop other people from going to war. It doesn't make sense, but the game itself works fantastically well. And it's a beautifully produced game. I think it's been re-released recently, quite pricey but a very interesting game. Hmm. I haven't even heard of it. So that, that does pique my interest. Uh, my wallet is crying at the moment. My number four game is also a game of exploration, sort of, actually more raiding. Let's talk about Raiders of the North Sea, which was a Spiel de Jarg nominee for 2017. Raiders of the North Sea has a really interesting worker placement mechanic. You share your workers. So you place a worker on an open spot and then you pick up a worker. When you place your worker, you do the action. When you pick up the worker, you do the action. And you're gathering resources. You're a bunch of Vikings trying to raid England, basically. And as you raid England, some of your Vikings die, but you get loot, you get glory, you bring back loot, and you can exchange loot to get more glory from your chieftain. And the whole idea here is you're trying to be the most glorious Viking in your village. What's very cool is you wouldn't think, well, I'm placing a a Viking and picking up a Viking. How is that blocking anyone else? 
the order in which you place your Vikings can be very, very important to your strategy. And if someone has placed their Viking there, then you can't do it as your first action. You have to do it as your second action, which can throw off your strategy. It has some other interesting mechanics and to, in it and other ways of uh, scoring points that are very clever. It's a lighter game. It's certainly much, much lighter than get the Gallerist, but it's a lot of fun. It plays under an hour. And it's a very interesting take on worker placement that I highly recommend. My number three, actually, your game sounds really interesting. It has been on my radar now for a little while. Is uh, it, the theme really appeals to me? You, you're, you you want to be a Viking? That's what you really want to be. You want to be a Viking? I want to be a Viking. The, I attempted to grow a beard, just doesn't work for me. <laughs> but I don't think you need to have a beard to be a Viking. Village is my number three and village is a kind of funny game i've seen it in shops and so on and the artwork is fine it just didn't look very exciting but it's a super game have you played it i have not i've heard about it and it is on my radar but i have not played village okay i highly recommend you have a look at village we got it my gaming group we played one game then we played another then we played another it's and i would play it anytime the expansions for it are excellent as well it's pure worker placement you place you start off with a family and your own very small farm you can place your pieces on it as time progresses you get children and you can send them to the town to say the abbey and get them elected as monks you can send them in as are trained as monks you can send them to out to, to kind of see the wide world and as they progress they get points or send them to market and so on the expansions for it are excellent there's one i'm blown away by which is the tavern and if you send somebody to the tavern they get certain effects but they don't leave <laughs> till the end yeah and if you send people in after them to get them out they stay as well but stuff like um getting your trying to get elected as the bishop by becoming a monk and working your way up to the ranks or you know concentrating on being a merchant and so on very very clever uh, it's one of these games that's uh, more than the sum of its parts. I, I really recommend. I'm surprised you haven't played it. And it's not expensive. No, and it's an older game. It's a 2011 game, and, and it's just not been on my radar at all. Well, that, that's that's interesting. My number three game is Lorenzo Il Magnifico. And this is a game that came out in Essen in 2016. wasn't available in the United States until, of all people, Simon, who is not known for Euros at all, picked it up and distributed it in the United States. The, the theme of the game is you are a royal Italian family trying to be more impressive than any other royal Italian family while not pissing off the church. Because if you piss off the church, if you don't give them enough resources and do things to make them happy, you will be excommunicated, which makes your job very much harder. What's really cool about this worker placement game and what makes this very, very different than other worker placement games is that you're rolling dice, you're rolling three dice. Whoever is the first player rolls three dice and there's an orange dice, there's a black die and there's a white die. That represents your three uh, family members who are working for you. Everybody has a orange, white, and black die. This, what the die rolls is the strength that people have to work with. So if your white die is a six, the white guy has a six strength. If the orange one is a one, he has a one strength. And if the black one is a three, he or she has a three strength. It's a very tight resource game, but you gotta place your workers. And that that is a game where you really do get locked out. Where once you're the first person there, 
nobody else can go there. And if you're trying to pick up either territories or ventures or people or whatever, you can do that, but it becomes much, much ex more expensive. It is a pure Euro. It is a lot of fun. It is really thinking, but just that die mechanic where you're rolling dice and that's the strength of everybody's worker really makes it an impressive game. Yes, there are ways of mitigating that. You have little assistants that can up the number of pips on your die for that action, but it's still a worker placement and you're competing for some very difficult spots that everybody wants. You're always like, oh, I want to I clone this worker to put him in two spots, but you can't. So it, it's, a, it's a great game. I really enjoy it. Lorenzo Il Magnifico by Simon Games. Okay. I'm going to talk about my number two, which is a pretty classic game. It's Lords of Waterdeep. And Lords of Waterdeep is set in the Dungeons & Dragons world in... Funny enough, the city of Waterdeep, where I've adventured many a time when I played D&D. &D. And the idea is you have four different types of guys. You have wizards, warriors, priests, and thieves, I think. And you need to get together a certain group of those. These are your resources to complete missions. So you need two wizards, a thief, and a warrior to complete a particular set of missions that you've drawn. So... The game itself shows the map of Waterdeep. There are a number of spots on it that you can place your warriors. What's really nice is, as well as being able to place your warriors, you can place them on basically dirty deeds to kind of mess up other players, and I'm always for that. One of the things I've found with certain worker placement games, and you'll probably corroborate this, is that it can be a little bit... Um, solitaire where you're racing just to get to the end get the best score you can and you don't have a whole lot of interaction with other players and that works fine in some cases but i do like throwing a spanner into other people's works as well as the spots that you can take on the board Waterdeep is a nice mechanic where you build shops and businesses that people can get to and it kills them but sometimes they have to come to you to get certain resources and you get a little bit of you get to to wet your beak um so you know it's a great little game uh, it looks really nice again it's more than it's better than it should be and it works really well so that's my number two i will have to say i did pick up the lords of Waterdeep app on my android tablet and it plays very very well and i do enjoy that game it is a game that did not make my top five but it is going to be on my honorable mention list once we get to that my number two is a game that people wouldn't necessarily think of as worker placement, but it is. And that is Lewis and Clark, The Expedition. Now, this game came out in 2011. It is a race game. You are competing teams trying to get from St. Louis to the United States Pacific Northwest in a place called Fort Catslop, which is not too far from Seattle modern day Seattle. And what's great about this game is it has its hand management. That's a large part of it. But the other piece of it is you have Indians that you recruit and your Indians are your workers. And once you place an Indian down, nobody else can use that spot until someone plays the card to pull all the Indians into a powwow. And then from there, decide how many Indians they want to bring onto their caravan. Now, bringing on a lot of Indians onto your caravan has some negative effects. When you rest and you have a lot of Indians, you actually move backwards. It's a little complicated to explain in a, in a short period of time, but it's the placement of the Indians as workers 
that really is where there's a lot of strategy and it really does knock people out. Uh, all worker placement games have the ability to block the other to block the other players. There, but the, you're right, Vic. There isn't a lot of take that in a lot of these worker placement games. It's more of, sorry, sir, I'm here first. You're just going to have to wait your turn until next turn. I agree with you that one of the nice things about um, Lords of Waterdeep is that you do have the ability to sometimes screw with them by taking some of their party members away or stealing their money or requiring them to come to you so they can get the resources they need to do what they need to do. So you, you're right. You don't find a lot of direct conflict in worker placement games, but I do like the blocking. And Lewis and Clark, by the way, is a very good uh, hand management worker placement race game. So that's my number two. And I think this is probably a good time just to briefly mention our honorable mentions. I have four honorable mentions. Uh, Stone Age, which is probably the best gateway along with Lords of Waterdeep worker placement game. Yokohama, which has a, you're placing assistants, which don't necessarily block you out, but once you place your president down and your president can only move along where the assistants are to, to get the resources you need. I find that to be a very interesting game with a lot of interesting ways of building up engines and running your economic business, as it were. Lords of Waterdeep, which you mentioned is your number two, is certainly on my on my honorable mention list, and I do like to play it. And the last one is a game that came out by the makers of Tricheon, a game called Anachrony, where you are thrown into the far future. You know this disaster is coming. Your future self has told you that, and you're using your workers either in your little island, uh, in, in your little country, your basically bubbles because the earth is uninhabitable, or you have to power up your exosuits to go out and do it on the main board in the main areas where everybody else is competing. And what's really cool is after the disaster, once someone uses a worker placement spot, that's no longer available for anyone to use. It's really, once that comet hit or whatever the explosion hits, that's it. Life gets really difficult. So I really do like anachrony, but it doesn't hit the table as often as I would like, just given to the length of the game. And some people really don't like dystopian future so those are my honorable mentions Vic I really like Anachrony as well I have to say I don't own a copy of it I got to play it once and I was really taken by it just the mechanics were slightly different to anything else I'd played before and it, the theme I did like this whole kind of looming shadow waiting to happen my honorable mentions are one of them similar to yours, Anachrony, I really liked. I got a chance to play that at the UK Games Expo, and I was very taken by it. It's, it was a little bit different. I liked the setting. I liked the whole kind of shadow waiting, the comment, uh, comment on the way. I liked the whole theme and how it looked. It was the kind of looks version with the nice, nice pieces. The other ones that are a little bit different was Shadows Over Camelot, which is a traitor game, but it also uses worker limited spots that you can place for your guys. And what's interesting about it is it is interactive insofar as if you are the traitor, you want to block other players from completing quests. I did think about King of Tokyo, but it's not really worker placement since there is only one spot on the map. Another game which I don't play enough is Lancaster. Mm. It's a lovely, lovely game. The production values in it are magnificent. But it's, again, same idea. You've got limited amount of spots. You're placing your knights on them. You're trying to take spots from other people, impress the king, and so on. Great little game. Okay, let's get to our number one. You want to go there? Go on. Go for it. Sure. My number one, and if anybody who listened to our top 10 podcast would know this already, and this is one that was 
VIX number five, it is viticulture with the Tuscany expansion. I think it is a brilliant worker placement game, the theming, the components, just brilliant. And I don't think I need to go into any more detail because Vic did that already. So Vic, what is your number one, drum roll please, worker placement game? Well, now, thank you. Let me just open the envelope. It's Stone Age, which you mentioned already. <laughs> Stone Age wins a couple of categories. One is the best dice shaker in any game I've ever had. It comes a lovely leather dice shaker. It's a great entry-level game or a great gateway game for people. You can teach it. There is a lot of depth. Now, every time I've played the game, it's been very close. It's got all the mechanics you look for, so you've got a limited amount of spaces you can jump on. It's got this whole, there's an awful lot of games where it's got the whole economy thing going on there where, first of all, you're trying to feed your people and keep that going. Then when you get that particular plate spun up, you're looking at building your various huts and so on, and then trying to convert resources to to end of game score. And the, the real thing with all these games, I find, is knowing the point at which you jump from economy to scoring. If you do it too late, if you do it too early, it, it, it makes such a difference. It's, it's how you win or lose the game. Stone Age, that's my recommendation. It's a great game. It's a little bit pricey for what you get, but it is a lovely, lovely game. And also, I think it's only four players, isn't it? Yes, it only plays four players. Which I would have liked five. Five seems to be a magic number for me in games, but um, it's a, it's one to teach people. It's like Catan or any of the others, but it still has a lot for veteran players to, to get their teeth into. Yeah, I think the one thing that keeps it out of the top five for me is kind of the randomness with the dice rolls for getting the resources. And so that to me kind of was, uh, I mean, I like dice, but you don't really have a way of manipulating the dice in Stone Age like you do in other games like Lorenzo Il Magnifico. Uh, another game that I didn't mention, which is also work replacement, is just Rajas of the Ganges, which I've been playing quite a bit of lately. But at least even there, you have the ability to, and it's a very much a dice placement game as well as work replacement. But you need the ability to uh, modify the dice, and that mm-hmm. to me just is something that I need in the game. The one th- fascinating thing is, I don't know if you've ever smelled the Stone Age cup, but it smells like <laughs> the inside okay. of someone's. We live in different environments. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've neither smelt the inside of the cup or smelt the inside of anyone's sneaker. And you know, I, uh, I think, you know, there's, there's issues there. There's possibly a situation. Yeah, no, I have smelt the leather cup. Of course I have. It's, it's magnificent. There's a lovely feel to it and so on. And there's a lovely sound as you whack the dice out. But one thing I would say is there is a little bit of adjusting in there uh, with the axes, but it's not as you can have a bad roll that loses you the game. You know, where you get seven ones, boom, it's all over. Yeah. yeah. And that's that's a pity yeah. uh, because it's a great game and you can't take it seriously. That's why it's never going to be a, a serious grown-up game. I don't know about the expansions. I, I haven't looked at them. I don't know if they improve the game or just do extra resources or whatever. A couple of tweaks to the game would make it a, a much more interesting kind of competitive game. But it is what it is, and I'm, I'm happy with it. Well, that, folks, is our top five list of worker placement games. I hope you enjoyed this little list. I hope you enjoyed our little banter. And if there's at any point you want to send us a comment, please do so at the end of whatever podcasting service you use. Or you can tweet at me at the board game rabbi and that's with the little ad sign for all you twitter users 
and we take your comments seriously. Not that we've had too many, but we do take them seriously when we get them. Vic, thanks very much. Thanks very much, Philip. Uh, talk to you soon. Good night.